Hello and Happy New Year. You're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk and... Me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And happy 2019, Will. Happy New Year to you too. It looks like you had quite an eventful night last night. Well, you were talking about my eyes. Yes. They're quite black Uh, and it's not as bad as it looks. No, is it makeup? I wish it was. Uh, but let's immediately draw a veil over that mm. and get on to the job in hand. It um, looks like it hurts. Well, funny you should say that, because I'm going to just gloss over my the state of my face. And we're here today to talk about for our first podcast of 2019. We're kicking off with Hurts. Oh. And Hurts are a duo, a pop duo, synth, electronic pop duo, from Manchester, who have been together since 2009. Their 10th year this year. Uh, 10 years, and they're still going strong. Uh, Theo and Adam. So Theo is the vocalist and Adam is the uh, instrumentalist. They've had uh, four albums now, but we're going to today talk about their first album, which is Happiness. So Hertz are a band. I have to admit, when they first came out with this album, I was a huge fan of their sound. Their sound was... 100% my cup of tea, the exact correct shade. But for some reason, I lost my way a little bit with their career. Because we had those two tickets to see Hertz, I ended up going with Jim. That's my friend Jim, not the other Jim. From Hook and Jim. From Hook and Jim. By Franz Ferdinand. I think the reason why we're talking about Happiness, it was their debut album, released on the 27th of August 2010. The lead single off that was Better Than Love. We also had Wonderful Life as well which came out shortly afterwards. Uh, arguably their best album, and I guess we're going to talk about that and argue about that amongst ourselves over the next 40 minutes or so. I was a big fan of Hertz when they first came out. I was a big fan, actually, of the group they originally came from, which was a Manchester group called Daggers. Well, see, already this is brand new information to me, so I think this episode I'm going to learn quite a lot from you about Hertz and Daggers, in fact, as well. And we will come on not only to talk about Hurt and Daggers, we're also going to come on to talk about a related group. There's also a spin-off from Daggers, which was Performance. All emerged from the same uh, from the same seeds from Manchester music scene. And uh, I guess Hurt have had the best success. They're still around now. Dan, what are your memories of happiness? And I don't mean your memories of feeling happy. Well, good, because I haven't got any examples that spring to mind. I remember this, the, as I said, I was very interested in electronic music, electronic sort of synth pop music, I should verify. And a lot of those acts came from the 80s, so bands like Depeche Mode. And I could just instantly hear within Hertz that influence shining through like X-ray vision. I also found, I remember thinking how apt it was that they had this song called Wonderful Life. Because, of course, there was an electropop single from the 80s called Wonderful Life by Black. So, yeah, it all just, it felt like an act that I would love. And certainly very much enjoyed the first few singles. I bought the album, I enjoyed the album, just never followed them. And sometimes you just lose your way a little bit, don't you? Sometimes there's too much choice out there. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to going through this album with you today. But I'm also looking forward to then some further listening of my own, if you will. 
And that's what we hope everybody does through this podcast, is it's a great way in maybe to some groups and albums you've never heard before that you'll then take away yeah. and enjoy on your own. Absolutely. We've had some fantastic feedback, actually, from people who the album in question, that has never been an album that they'd put on, but they've enjoyed the episode so much and they've actually heard elements of the album that they did like and that they never would have heard if they hadn't listened to Track by Track. And it was great to have that feedback from the producers of Believe by Cher as well. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real treat. So let's dive in. Everything else is going to come out in the wash as we talk about it. So let's dive into the first track, which is uh, Silver Lining. Silver lining there, and I think it's a great opening track on the album. It's moody, it's atmospheric. The production is it's crisp and it's flawless. Yeah, it really is. Already one track into this album, I'm asking myself, why the hell am I not following Hurt's career album by album and track by track, for want of a better term? <laughs> yeah, this is fantastic. It reminds me, I've sort of name-checked them before, Depeche Mode. This is very much for me that opening section had the more industrial like synthesizers and real kind of brooding bass lines. And then the difference between Depeche Mode and Hertz is that when Theo's vocals come in, they're a lot more sweeter, a lot more warmer, I'd say, than Dave, the lead singer of Depeche Mode. Dave Gahan, I believe, is called. The pronunciation of his surname does escape me from time to time. Um, but it's certainly a very epic opener. There's in the chorus there, there's those little samples of sort of choir chants we've said many times before we talk about the right way to open an album to close an album the track listing of an album and as an album opener i think it's such a theatrical spectacle i'm um, consider me drawn in and theo has got such a strong charismatic voice actually yeah it's very engaging and i remember i think whatever they've gone on to do since whatever sort of style and production they've dipped in and out of his wonderful deep soulful meaningful voice is that one of the things that's um i'm not married to him by the way <laughs> it's one of the things that's kind of carried through well I, I feel like you've you've said it all almost have i whet your appetite for the next one absolutely and the next one thankfully is one that i know i'm i'm don't need to dip my toe into this one it's a fantastic song it's a wonderful life. She says, Don't let go. Never give up. It's such a wonderful life. Don't let go. Never give up. It's such a wonderful life. So, wonderful life there. And a wonderful track. Yes, a really wonderful track. I thought this was actually the first single, but you corrected me earlier. This is the first, certainly the first song that I remember of theirs. I really enjoy the percussion in this track, actually. I think when it starts out, very stark, um, some unusual sounds there. I think, is, is, is that the sound of flutes I hear early on, perhaps? It 
it's definitely in the mix there. Good. You're right. Wonderful Life was the second single um, from this album. Better Than Love was the first single. Was Better Than Love re-released afterwards, or am I You're just... correct. We'll get onto that, but it was re-released as part of a double A size. Sorry, I've overstepped the mark there. <laughs> um, but as well, as well as the percussion on the introduction, also the drums on the chorus, I think, add a really dynamic edge to it. Will, do you think this is a wonderful track? I do think it's a wonderful track. There are some... It's quite a nice link, actually, because... From the southwest, this song does reference um, the southwest and Bristol in particular. Seven Bridge, Temple Station, Temple Mead Station. Um, so there's a lovely link there. As lovely. Well. It's almost like he's written your life story. Uh, he could write on. Although pretty wonderful wouldn't be the right word for your life, would it? Slightly underwhelming. Yes. <laughs> but doesn't have the, quite the same ring to it. Yeah. Disappointing life. <laughs> Perhaps time to move on to the next song. Blood, Tears and Gold. Another another solid track, third track into the album. Worth mentioning the producers on this album. I think we should, definitely. So we've got, uh, as well as Hurts themselves, we've got Jonas Quant and The Nexus on production duties. Now The Nexus, I have heard of these before. And if I'm not incorrect, David Snedden of Fame Academy, Fame, uh, is part of The Nexus. I remember him. The reason that I remember is because when Lana Del Rey released her first album, Enemy were going crazy because David Snedden had played a part in one of the songs on that, which was National Anthem, I believe. But were you a, were you a David Snedden fan? Yeah, I thought he was all right. He didn't have much charisma about him, but certainly that track that he released, Living a Lie, Living the Lie. Living the called. Lie, I think, yeah. yeah. But they've worked with some icons. They've worked with, sorry, David with the, the Nexus uh, they worked with Will Young, funnily enough, actually, because of uh, the Fame Academy pop idol thing. They've also worked with um, some, your friends, Aha and Morton Harkett. Yes, who might just be getting the track-by-track treatment sometime soon. Oh, really? Yes, and I won't, I won't give a date. But actually, going back to the, the track Blood, Tears and Gold, I have to say alarm bells were ringing at the start of that song because there's sort of that acoustic guitar sound and I did think have we have we put the synthesizers down have we picked up the acoustics are we um, going a little bit Ed Sheeran no need to worry no it's not as synthy as the other tracks we've heard so far but it's still, it certainly has the energy that the others had mm, absolutely so it's, it's, it's the first real I'd say ballad moment but I'm hoping for something a little bit more upbeat after this here we are on track four now and it's Sunday. Dan, you needn't have worried about things 
becoming more subdued. Absolutely not. That one is epic, isn't it? I think the strings bring a huge amount of the of the production of the impact of that song. I was just thinking throughout it. I, I don't know. I'd imagine when they play it live, often they're relying on the synthesizers to bring those strings out. But I'd absolutely love to hear that song live with a string section. And I was hoping you might be able to help make it happen. Well, I can I can have a word. I mm. think. There were comparisons when this was released to some of our favourites, actually. Uh, New Order, Pet Shop Boys, um, Depeche Mode, who we, would, he, who we were just saying haven't yet appeared on Track by Track, but will definitely will at some point. I'm sure, yeah, they absolutely have to, unless we get, unless we get cancelled before we get time. Worth mentioning uh, some good remixes for this track actually, by some good dance remixes for this track by Seamus Haji and Glam As You, who really um, disco things up for this as well. Because this was um, one of the singles, wasn't it, from the album? One of the seven singles from the album. Yeah, it was the fifth single released in 2000, at the start of 2011, and it enjoyed moderate chart success. <laughs> so that could be anywhere from... Um, the teens to the uh, low 30s. And moderate chart success is probably something that's measured very differently with every decade since the charts began, isn't it? Yeah, I wonder what moderate chart success is now. Yes, if I had to describe that song in one word, actually, it would be euphoria. It's very euphoric, actually, yes. <laughs> and actually, for, for today and for New Year's Day, one upbeat moment. It, today feels like a Sunday, doesn't it? Oh, God, I feel absolutely dreadful today. Well, you've got your slippers on still. I've got a blanket around me. You've got... I've got ice on my eyes. Full English breakfast down your vest. Because I can't, couldn't see properly to eat it. I was going to say you're a sight for sore eyes, but that seemed a little bit unfair today, actually. It's quite literal as mm. well, actually. Perhaps we should move on. Yes, let's. So this is track number five, this is Stay. So that was Stay. You just can't help but chant along to that one. They certainly know how to use a choir. I mentioned about the first track where it's got those sort of sampled bits of a a chorus and a choir going on there. Here, again, real gospel moment, isn't it? I almost wanted to don one of those long white gowns. Cassock. Is that what it's called? Well, we've all learned something new today. and yeah, and just take part and chant along with that song. It's fantastic. They know how to write a chorus as well, don't they? Very powerful, that one. I think it's, there's a really good run of tracks through the middle of this album where we, go from, where we go from Sunday into Stay and into the next track as well. And even, fur, and even further, follow through further, actually. Well, before we do follow through, I just also wanted to point out <laughs> that some of my favourite songs ever... In fact, a called Stay, uh, David Bowie's Stay, Shakespeare's Sisters Stay. Eternal Stay. Eter- I didn't even have that on my list. Lisa Loeb's Stay. Oh, yes, yeah. Remember I miss, that? brackets, I miss you. I miss you too, brackets. <laughs> oh, no, that's the song. And just like I said before with Sunday, about wanting to hear it with a live string section, I'd love to hear this with a live gospel choir. And in fact, 
when I saw Kylie earlier this year at Hyde Park, she had the London... Gay Men's Chorus. <laughs> that <laughs> was the audience. They were the paying audience, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, she had the House Gospel Choir, sorry, with them, and I think they could bring something special to this track, so... Well, actually, the last time I saw Hertz, you weren't there, but they did have um, a choir with them. Oh, really? Yeah. Let's move on to track six. And let's, and this is Illuminated. That's a really lovely track. Certainly one of the slower moments, but unlike Blood, Tears and Gold, which started with that acoustic moment that had me a bit worried, this is very much a, an electronic ballad, isn't it? It's very sparse throughout the the use of electronics and the use of anything else around them, actually. I thought to myself, what does this make me think of? And certainly with the title illuminated in mind, I thought of a light bulb being turned on in slow motion. I think that's what that would look and sound like. That's a lovely thought. Thank you. Illuminated was a single from the album. Another one? <laughs> yes. It was the fifth single, and it was a double A side with Better Than Love, which we will talk about when we get to it. Ah, so that's the re-release we mentioned earlier. Yes. But, as you said, we'll talk about it when we get to it. It was number 68 in the charts. I think we'll be pushing it to call that moderate chart <laughs> I mean, how far back does the charts go? 250? Let's look into it, actually, during the next track. I think it's a lovely song. It's very haunting. Haunting, definitely. Is that one... Well, first of all, actually, how many times have you seen Hertz Live? Because I know it's a couple of times, well, at least. More than a couple, actually. I remember seeing them when they first started out in 2010 in Bristol. Um, it's in a very small venue, I imagine. Very, very small venue. And I remember the first time we went to see them, it was a tiny venue. We were convinced that will come onto the track, but we were convinced that Kylie Minogue was going to come on and join them. And did she? Of course not. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, seen them a few times since. Glastonbury a few years ago. Latterly, London last year. I have to just kind of jump in at Glastonbury because this is, that's one of your most controversial choices, in my opinion. So I was at Glastonbury as well. This is before we knew each other, wasn't it? 2013. And you went to see Hertz in the John Peel tent? Yes while the Rolling Stones were playing the Pyramid stage. I understand your decision because this is, this is if, you was, if anyone was to say to me, who does Will prefer, Hertz or Rolling Stones? I know you'd go for this, but a lot of people would think that the chance to see Rolling Stones at Glastonbury headlining the Pyramid stage and you'd not go to it. It's a, it's a controversial decision. And I don't care for the Rolling Stones, and I feel this podcast is a safe space to be able to say that out loud. No, get out. And it was the right decision, and there was quite a small crowd there, so we had a really intimate gig with Hurt, and I was very happy about that. Did they acknowledge that the Rolling Stones was going on, or did no, they... No, they're professionals, aren't they? They just get on with it. Mm. Well, I can imagine sort of... Well, actually, when we saw New Order, one of the very few bits that I do remember from them at Glastonbury... Oh, no, it's because I watched it on TV afterwards. <laughs> is when Bernard Sumner said to the audience, oh, thanks for coming to see us rather than Adele. And our friend is still quite bitter, isn't he, that we didn't come see Adele. And I am very, still very happy, although you can't remember it. We had a great time. Well, I thank God you were there because your confirmation that I had a great time is 
Exactly what I needed. Let's move on to track seven now. I think we should. Uh, which is Evelyn. big question is who is Evelyn I think it's Eve from Adam and Eve really yeah no I just I thought that's quite a deep thought yeah I, just made, I made it up as you asked the question sorry I for me quite an unassuming song to start off with but it builds up to something much better yes I have to be honest when it started or certainly for the first two minutes perhaps I was felt quite confident that you was going to come in and say that this might be the perfect time to talk about the fantastic album artwork not just yet. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Again, a really strong use of percussion and some choir. Even if it's not full choir background vocals, it's certainly elements of that or snippets of that in there. And so that's the percussion and the choir. That's two sounds that I'd be very interested in when I go on to listen to the next three albums by the band. Certainly be quite interested to see if that's a sound that stays with them or whether that's just prominent in happiness. Now this next one I do know quite well. I did play this one quite a lot. This is my favourite track on the album. It's better than love. Or do you only see what you wanna believe? Does it So that's Better Than Love, not originally a Hurt song, it was first recorded and performed by the group that Theo and Adam were in before Hurt, it's called Daggers, um, which was almost the genesis of Hurt itself. So was Daggers more than just these guys, was there extra members? Yeah, it was a group of probably five five people, Mm. and they performed and recorded a few tracks, and maybe we might hear a bit more from them later, such is my enamorment with some of the work that they did. It was never released, but they did attract early interest um, on the radio and from Pop Justice as well. And it was a kind of, it was a more, the original version of Better Than Love, we're not going to play it, it's not going to be on further listening, but it was quite a, a rawer, harsher electronic sound to this which I loved personally well I, I would definitely listen to it because I have to say this is probably my favourite song on the entire album at this point the synthesizers are so much more experimental and playful they're absolutely all over the place aren't they the energy is everywhere and also how it starts with that vocal only opener it's very it's quite a feels like quite a 90s or 80s thing to do so I think this harks back to some of their influences more than anything else. I just I love this song. I've never heard it played before live. As I said before, I've not heard Hurts before. I've not heard Daggers before live either. But I would love to hear this one live. And for me, there's a link to some of the stuff we really love, like the Pet Shop Boys work, where it's a very melancholic pop song. So it's an upbeat, danceable song that's also quite sad and heartfelt at the same time yeah. as well. If you want to take that to the next level... This was back at the time when the Freemasons were quite big as producers and remixers, and they did a brilliant 
like nine minute remix of this song. Another which, one for me to listen to. Which is just very, very meaty and very nice. Uh, but the, the, the track itself for me is my favourite on the album. Mm. Not only because it's a great track on the Hurts album, but it also harks back to Daggers as a group. You also had The Living, which was a kind of sister group from Hertz, which came from Daggers as well. Uh, and if you haven't listened to any of their music, they had a great album and EP that's really worth checking out as well. So were you aware of Daggers then? You said Daggers didn't release anything, but Pop just picked up on them. Were you aware of them for Hertz? Or uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think when, when Hertz first came about and I heard Better Than Love, there was very much a, oh, I know this, mm. I remember this. Uh, and then to liken it back to, to Daggers. And, you know, Daggers were not, not mainstream or successful at all but I love the fact that this song which was arguably one of their strongest tracks as a group was carried forward and fleshed out and made something much better obviously re-released so it was the first release and then it got re-released as a double A side as well with Illuminated let's not dwell on it too much let's move on to the next track with a special guest and a favourite of the podcast So the last thing I was expecting on this album was a duet with Kylie Minogue. I think it's fantastic that so early on in their career they've had the chance to duet with her, but also that to me it shows a little bit how much Kylie's got her finger on the pulse mm. because she must have heard their music, heard the sort of links to the 80s and that music when she was first recording and releasing music. Obviously her music around this time as well lent itself quite heavily to... Not so much sounding like the 80s, but there were still the influences were still very much there. Maybe not even of her 80s music, but other 80s music at the time. But yeah, fantastic to hear her collaborating with such a new act. And what a great track as well. It's very heartfelt. Yeah, another one of the, the tempos. The tempo's taken down, but the energy and the impact is at the same level, I'd say. Mm, definitely. Question for you, Will. What is your favourite Kylie duet or collaboration? There's quite a few to choose from, isn't there? Many. Because you could say one of the few that we talked about with Danny. Of course, yeah. 100 Degrees. Way back before Christmas when we were all giddy with excitement. Mm. Nick Cave. Uh, Where Robbie the Wild Roses Grow. Robbie Williams. Kids. I have to say one of my favourites, not a duet so much, but a collaboration, is Some Kind of Bliss that she wrote oh, with members of yeah, Manitou Preachers. I can't decide. and I'm not going to. I, I, I was so sure. I know how bigger Jason Donovan fan you are. I was so sure <laughs> you're going to choose especially for you. Absolutely not. No? Not your cup of tea? No. But back to Hurts. Back to Hurts. And the penultimate track on this album proper. It's unspoken. Take me as I It's unspoken. 
Things are building to a climax, aren't they? Definitely. And you and I love an album that's put together properly, that tells a story, that's the track are listed in the right way where the load isn't blown too soon for want of a better phrase. And I'm sure we've used that phrase in the past. I'm sure we have but here this album for me has flowed perfectly and yes it does feel like things are slowing down but at the same time it's a very powerful song. They've kind of switched the electronics for more strings and and keyboard and sort of piano keyboard sounds. I was listening to this and I was thinking it wouldn't surprise me if this was a song they wrote for someone else. It feels like even, and this might throw you off a little bit, but towards the end of their career, Westlife were kind of doing some big oh. ballet. I know, I know, I know. But they were sort of popping up on the X Factor finals week and performing this big cover of a ballad by someone who'd released it, released it originally quite recently with lots of white lights and things like that. And I could imagine them coming back with this. I do, I do get what you mean there, mm. actually. But I think it's a great way to move towards the end of the album I think for me also it's worth mentioning now this was a reasonably well received album actually Enemy gave it 8 out of 10 but at the same time The Independent gave it 3 stars out of 5 and The Guardian gave it 2 stars out of 5 oh well mixed bag but 3 out of 5 I think is commendable I imagine I know you said before that Pop Justice were behind it were behind them before they were even hurt mm. I imagine that they would therefore have been a fan of the album because it feels like quite true. If you yourself have followed them through, it feels like it, they're quite yeah, very, respectful to their roots. Very, very true. But I think I prefer the rawness and the energy from Daggers as a group. Okay. Also, something I think it's worth mentioning again is that Hertz co-produced every song on the album with the Nexus and with Jonas Quant for the majority of the tracks. But this final song we're going to hear, The Water, was actually produced by Just Hurts Themselves. Let's have a listen. Let's put it on. There's something in the water I do not feel safe It always feels like torture to be this close I wish that I was stronger I'd separate the waves Not just let Well, if I didn't have enough strings and piano sounds from the previous track, then I'd get them there. That's the most stripped-back song of the whole album, isn't it? It's raw. It's Very naked. raw. Very quite a thought-provoking moment, actually, and I really do enjoy that track. Will, are you a fan? I think this is the moment to talk about the fantastic artwork on this album. And it's the two of them. It's Theo and Adam. They're sat behind a table... One of them, uh, Theo, has his hands out in front of him uh, and Adam has got them under the table. I have to say, it does look like their heads are superimposed on their bodies. It does a little bit, doesn't it? But what I like about them, that this look, they've got this very smart... Moo, slightly moody. Mood, like, almost like a hipster undertaker or something. Well... It's stuck with them, hasn't it? They, they've not strayed too far away. Very slicked back, white shirts... Mm. And hair gel, it's kind of... They've not really moved away from that too much, have they? The Brill Cream, like you could <laughs> The say. Brill Cream Brigade, as my <laughs> nan used to say. We've reached the end of the album. Yes. What was interesting about the release of this album and what a lot of bands were doing at the time and just before, there was actually a hidden track called Verona, but if you're going to hide it, guys, we're not going to talk about it. 
Okay. And you've got to deal with that, I'm afraid. Mm, sorry, it's just the way it is. So further listening. Further listening. Hurt. And Will, I'd love to hear, as, as the, the most knowledgeable of us about Hertz, I'd love to know which bit of gold you're going to pass our way. Well, obviously they've got four albums to choose from, but actually I've gone backwards because I really want to share some more stuff that Daggers have done. Oh. And this isn't something that's been released, but um, you can find it online on YouTube, uh, which will give you a real feel for their, their approach and Theo and Adam's roots. It's a cover of The Hole of the Moon. Well, I don't know, I know that song, so it's going to be new to me. So The Hole of the Moon was a Waterboy song. Oh, okay. But uh, I think you'll enjoy, Dan, and hopefully listeners at home, uh, Dagger's cover of it. So, Dan, what did you think of that? I loved it. I thought it's very hurts. You can tell it's his vocal. Obviously, the electronics lend themselves back to the 80s, but also it is very different, and I can see why there was a step between Daggers and Hurts. It's a little... It got more of an indie edge. It's very raw, I know. Raw is the great word to describe, actually. But yeah, I'd be, I'd be interested to hear more from Daggers. I'd be interested in a Daggers reunion, to be honest. There are some other tracks, and not for now, but if you want to go away and if you have a look, there's a lot more than just Better Than Love and, and Hole of the Moon there that you can listen to. I re- would recommend Money is very good as well. Well, I completely agree with that. I'm a, isn't, quite the money, gold digger. isn't Money lovely? Dan, what have you got? <clears throat> now, although the cynics out there might think, I'm sure no cynics listen to this podcast to be quite clear, but although the cynics out there might think that this whole entire episode was chosen specifically so I can choose this song. That's not true at all. Well, there's some truth in it. But the song I've gone for is from the special edition version of Hurt's debut album. This is a Christmassy New Year song. It was a free um, download from iTunes as the single of the week. The, the week it came out, I got it for free. I do remember. I'm very proud about that. Well, I don't like to... Hand out my dosh willy-nilly. Last week on Christmas Day, I chose All I Want for Christmas is You. Today on New Year's Day, my piece of further listening is All I Want for Christmas is New Year's Day. way to end not just our Hertz podcast because it feels like we've covered a lot of ground but probably our collection of Christmas and New Year's episodes. Yeah it's been a, a fun month and a day we've not only talked about our albums of 2018 we looked at two iconic Christmas albums from different millenniums we've obviously touched upon a 
unexpected re-release and here we are today with Hertz we're going back to the track by tracks roots but this song I have to say is an absolute Christmas favorite of mine it's not that well known you're not going to find it amongst Slade and Wizard on um, now that's what I call Christmas well exactly maybe on CD3 midway through but for me this is an incredible melancholic to use that word again Christmas song that since its release in 2010 has stayed with me every year and every Christmas. Uh, do you play it a lot yourself? I listen to it every year. I think it's it's a lovely antidote to the almost saccharine sweet Mariah Ooh. Carey Ooh. Uh, Christmas <laughs> sentiment. Feedback received for my um, no 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 not pick at last all. week. Everything has its place in life's rich tapestry of music, but I think it's great that we're talking about this at this point because probably now New Year's Day I'm kind of over all I want for Christmas is you yes and ready for a different attitude definitely I think it's time to look forward to the new year Will do you have any New Year's resolutions? yes to record more amazing podcasts well one amazing one would be a good starting place surely (laughs) (laughs) what about you? likewise I think um, in all seriousness very much enjoyed spending this last almost 20 episodes of Track by Track going through albums that I love, albums that I wasn't aware of, albums that I knew were well-respected. I'm looking forward to digging into more of pop history's rich back catalogue. And we've got a lot more to come, haven't we, in 2019? Yes, we're very planned, prepared. I mean, even though the fact that we're in the studio on New Year's Day recording this... That's a real statement of intent there, isn't it? Well, absolutely, but we've, we've planned the year ahead. We've got... We've got some special guests coming up. We've got some some themed months. We've got some huge albums, iconic albums. We've got some albums that we think most of our listeners, our regular listeners, will never have heard that we want to share with them. And some massive artists that we haven't even gotten to yet. Well, absolutely. Even some of the ones we've name-checked on this episode. Which I suppose brings us to the end of the eight, the podcast. I think we've arrived ourselves at the end. There is a James Bond film on the TV later, actually, that I did want to watch, so... And I'm going to settle down, pull a duvet over me on the sofa oh, and enjoy that. It's a treat day. Oh, real treat. So we hope you've enjoyed the episode. If you have, please do let us know at Move to Trash UK, hashtag track by track. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Just search for Trash Track by Track. And until the next episode, actually, Dan, what's next? What's our first, well, our next full 2019 episode can you give a tease absolutely so next week we're celebrating 40 years since the release of a song that is well it's iconic it's um comes from a band that started in punk and moved to disco and pop and reggae a band who are still releasing music that is as good as when they started i think to say anything more would give things away but uh We'll see you next week. So until next time, I've been Adam Anderson. And I've been Jonas Quant. Oh, Jonas. Goodbye. Goodbye.